0: Our foster care system is shattered. And this podcast is about how we as a community can come together to bring about change. Change in the system and changing the lives of children in foster care. Hi, my name is Rob Shear. I'm the founder of a national charity called Comfort Cases. I'm an advocate for children in foster care. I'm a public speaker. I'm an author of a forever family, but most important, I'm a dad to five of the most amazing kids. Welcome to the Fostering Change podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Rob Shear, and I'm so excited that you've decided to listen and watch us on Fostering Change. You know, I have can say that in the last several years as I've um, started this journey, um, I have been able to meet some amazing people. But I will say today has got to be the icing on the cake. I am so excited to introduce my next guest. But before that happens, I want to talk again about Orphan Myth. You know, I spoke about this last week. Um, This is an amazing 100% platform participation campaign. And I really want us to understand exactly what it's called, Orphan Myth. You know, with my last guest last week, um, I actually told some things that I had never said before. You know, the fact that I had never realized that I truly was an orphan. You know, as a kid at the age of 12 to go into a foster care system, um, you're considered an orphan. And then for me to become 18 in the fall of 1984, a senior in high school, when only, the only thing I wanted was to get my diploma, I became a homeless kid. And when I became homeless, I then became an orphan. And so it's been a long journey for me to talk about that. But I will tell you, this campaign has helped in more ways than you can imagine. For all the dollars that people have been donating for the last week, you are truly making a change in a child's life. It does not matter where this child is living. Maybe the child is living in my little town of Darnstown, Maryland, or maybe this child is living in Sri Lanka. It does not matter because we must understand Understand one important thing. Children, they truly are our future. And kids who are in the system and whether you call it foster care, whether you call it an orphanage in another country, we all must understand that these kids end up in that situation because of a choice someone else made. They are in that situation because someone else made a choice. Now, we all have an opportunity, an opportunity to make a choice like we have never made before. And understand that these kids, as my friend said last week, they're not other people's children. These kids do not belong to me. They do not belong to you. They belong to us. And I will tell you, each and every one of us have an opportunity to be good humans. And my next guest, he's really showing it like it's supposed to be. You know, a lot of people who have been in the 20th season of the ABC hit series Bachelor could have easily gone off and done something on his own. He could have been one who decided to jump from movie screen to movie screen, but instead um, from what I'm reading about my friend, Ben Higgins, he's done nothing but give back. Ben, welcome to Foster and Change. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. That's quite the introduction. Oh, thank you, my friend. Let me tell you, I am so excited to start talking about this. But there's, there's like three or four things I really want to get in. But you know, I have to tell you that I um, had the opportunity to read a lot of your book, Alone mm-hmm. in Plain Sight. Um, this book for all of our listeners and our watchers. Um, this book came out in February, so it just came out last month. Mm-hmm. And I will have to tell you. Um, ben, I actually had to set some of the book down because you really did something that I talk about quite often is you became very raw in that book and mm. talked about that whole thing about feeling alone. And here you are um, as a bachelor um, in the 20th season. You have all these people around you. Um, you're very successful. But at that same time, you felt alone.
1: Yeah, Oh, maybe, maybe the best way to, fra- like to frame that then is you, you can think about all these things that you can imagine what all these people have around you, right? Everybody has a story. Uh, everybody's story matters. Uh, and so you can look at somebody and kind of make an assumption. You can look at somebody and kind of make a judgment. Um, but those things don't speak to what's going on internally. Those things don't speak to what's going on um, that's in their past. And I think for me, the more I tried to fill my life with these things that I could mark off and say that was a success, or maybe that would get me recognized, or maybe that would bring me fulfillment. The more I did that, the more I was pushing my feelings to the side and making me feel more isolated and more alone. It's, it was a theme in my life. It still is at times a theme in my life. At least now I can speak about it openly, which might be what you're speaking to. At least now I can verbalize it, and that starts the healing.
0: Yeah, I I truly do believe that, you know, I, I have very similar, the same journey, you know, I'm always trying to check off that box of, you know, of completion, but am I really feeling what's inside? Just last week, I posted on one of my social media platforms about even though people always see Rob Sheer smile, you have no idea what's going on inside Mm. of me. And I think that that's so true with so many people. It is, you know, it's,
1: the one thing I realized as I was writing alone in plain sight is I was trying to find a connecting point for us as humans. And I think there, you know, I think there's a, a great moments of celebration, mutual celebration and mutual joy that we can come together and celebrate each other and lift each other up. But the one thing that continued to resonate as I asked people questions and as I dug in people's lives, maybe the one thing that can, can, can connect us is shared pain. that We all have pain, um, that we're all hurting at some level. And so if that's the truth, I know that sounds heavy, right? But if that's the truth that we can connect through our shared pains, how beautiful is it that we can come together in our connect in our shared pains as well and start to lift each other up? What if the assumption that we go into conversations with others or we meet others is that we want to lift each other up uh, because we can imagine or assume that at some level people are hurting?
0: Yeah, uh,
1: I think that's a beautiful thing to do. I think it actually uh, could allow us them to celebrate more as well.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100% with you on that. And the fact is, each and every one of us have pain or have had pain on some level. You Mm -hmm. know, I, I think that that is something that Um, so many times we do not seem to lift each other up as humans. You know, I, I, the whole thing about, you know, the orphan myth campaign that we're doing, it's like, you know, um, you know, so many times, I mean, here in the United States, we, um, stopped calling them orphanages. We called them group homes. There's no difference. These are still kids who are in a system and by you want to talk about pain. Yeah. Um, the the pain that these kids are going through on every single day. You know, I, I I've gotta I've gotta ask you some questions about The Bachelor, because if not, all of our listeners would just absolutely they would yell and scream. But you and my friend Sarah Frazier are actually mm-hmm. our friends, and Sarah mm-hmm. is also a podcaster. And yeah. she was um over the weekend was her and I were texting back and forth. And um I, I have to tell you, when you know, I as as someone who's watched The Bachelor, um, yeah. did you feel as after this and writing this book that that helped you in some of the in some of the the path that you were going down as the bachelor, trying to figure out what the pain was for any all these other individuals there?
1: Uh, well, I was learning it during. It's actually really interesting. You know, people have all different experiences from doing the show, uh, and you know, it's a show for some is just a really funny. Fun experience for others. It's a very uh, traumatic experience for others. It's a moment that changed their life forever, for better or for worse. For me, it was an interesting ride, and, and I'll tell it short and short. I went on the show when I was at a pretty lonely place. Um, I was living in Denver, didn't really have any friends, was really bad at my job, didn't really have an identity, didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. Went on to the show. Uh, everything obviously starts to change. You start to get attention like you've never had it before. People start to ask you more questions and care about you more than they ever have before. But during that, one of the producers came up to me. He's a buddy of mine now, and I love him dearly, but I don't know if this is the best hack to, to do it because I don't like you, Ben. I said, what do you mean you don't like me? He goes, I don't like you because I don't know you. You don't let anybody get to know you. You hide in the corner. You say the right thing at the right moment. Uh, you don't say anything when stuff gets difficult. I don't like you because you don't let me get to know you. Well, that was the phrase that struck me. I don't like you because you don't let me get to know you. And the assumption there is that he wanted to know me, I was just stopping it. So that day we stopped and talked for four hours, just he and I, and I broke down and I admitted to him that I I really didn't let anybody get to know me because I was defending myself where if people didn't like me, I could make the excuse of, well, they just don't know me. but then I would also validate that same thing and say, I'm not going to let, if, if people do like me, it's because I'm not letting them get to know me. And so I'm just showing them pieces of myself and they just like the pieces. And if I showed my whole self, then they wouldn't accept me at all. So this was, this was, I was validating both negative sides of this. And so that broke me down. And well, it lasted into then when I became the bachelor and that perspective or, admitting that for the first time did help me because it humbled me like it kind of like you know in a, in a sense like it never allowed my ego i mean my, i have a big ego and it can flourish at any time but it, that like mindset of like hey i'm broken and i'm trying to figure it out it really and, and as, as i was in a season of growth and as i was on the bachelor during a season of growth it really helped me stay steady and stay very curious not only to myself and what i was feeling but to the, the the people around me
0: wow Wow. You know, I have to tell you, I give you lots of props for saying the fact that you actually have an ego, you know, that is, I think that's a huge step for people to realize because I think each and every one of us have an ego at some level, um, but you're able to admit that and say, yeah, you have a pretty big ego.
1: Man, when you go on reality television and there's everybody's thought, you you realize your ego gets big quick uh, and you realize where it is, right? I mean, even yeah. today, I woke up on a Monday morning and I uh, had two emails that are a little bit like frustrating, maybe a little disappointing. And I was like, gosh, dang it. Like, I just need to get, get my name back out there, right? That was the first thought is how do I get, how do I get more press around this? And I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, you've walked away from this. Like, not, not being in a spotlight, but you've walked away from the desire to need to be noticed. You desire, you've walked away from your ego trying to get you to be relevant still.
0: yeah but at 1.2 million followers on instagram my friend i know people are recognizing you wherever you go yeah
1: but it's not healthy and when that's the pursuit i will tell you it's unfulfilling it's never fulfilled it's never satisfied it's never done anything for me other than uh honestly allow me to never be a be a stranger any place i remember i was in a Gas station in Oklahoma driving through, and somebody goes, There's Ben. I was like, That's cool. That's the cool part about this being recognized in gas stations in the middle of nowhere. But it's never been fulfilling. There's some, there there always had to be something more outside of myself that that allowed me to feel fulfilled. I love that.
0: I love that, and that's exactly what I want us to start talking about. We're going to take a quick break here, Um, everybody. You know, I know you are as excited as I am um, to have Ben Higgins here and to talk not only about his book alone in the in plain sight, but we're going to talk about some other amazing things that Ben has been doing. You know, I say this quite often, and it sounds like a broken record, but the most flattering thing you can do for our podcast is to share it. Whether you're listening to it on Apple or Spotify or Google or any platform, please, please share our podcast. And then Leave us a review. You know, constructive criticism is the best criticism anyone can give. And if there's somebody that you think that we should uplift or just have a conversation with, please make sure that they email us at fosteringchange@comfortcases.org. And then do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, this season, now that we're on YouTube, it's been kind of weird. Like, I'm I'm really critical of myself. Am I sitting upright? Am I smiling at the right? time so please leave those reviews we love them and we'll be right back this episode of fostering change is sponsored by comfort cases a national nonprofit that is inspiring our communities to bring dignity and hope to youth in foster care you know for just ten dollars a month you can support the comfort cases mission to eliminate trash bags from the foster care system For every $10 donated, a Comfort XL duffel bag will be given to a child entering foster care. Please help us be part of the change. Go to comfortcases.org and see how you can help a child entering our foster care system. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited that we're sitting here talking to Ben Higgins. And as you all know, he was The Bachelor on the 20th season. And he has an amazing book that just came out in February. So please, you know, you want a good listen. We're all getting ready for nice weather. It's nice, you know, this this weekend, I spent a lot of time out in the yard with the kids. And it's never been a better time to sit back and just listen or read an amazing book. So please, Alone in Plain Sight is Ben's book. But Ben, I want to talk about the fact of other things that you're doing. You know, I I always kind of in awe when I see people like you who could make a path on so many different levels. But for you, um, you're involved in so many things. I've heard your name mentioned several times when I'm talking to people. But one of the things is generous coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like for you let our listeners and watchers know why and how do they get involved?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. It's a big deal for me. It's my—I still call it my full-time job. It is. It's the thing that takes up most of my time, uh, but it's—it's it's a unique job as well. Uh, you know, 11 years ago, my buddies and I, uh, my one buddy, we all kind of wrapped around him, started a nonprofit out of Honduras called Humaning Hope United. And in short, Humanity and Hope United's idea was instead of going to the communities and telling them what they need to do and giving them all these things, we went in and we asked them, what do you need? What do you want? What do you dream of? And how can we help? And we would just come behind these communities and, and let them lead us and, uh, and build up sustainable communities that could then end sustainable small businesses and sustainable healthcare, sustainable education, all led by the community, that we were just the resource behind the scenes to kind of help them get there. It's a beautiful thing. It formed some incredible partnerships. It's going very well. Well, I become The Bachelor, right? And uh, we go from being a really small nonprofit to a fairly large nonprofit within one year, right? The advocacy and the following. And we, you know, we went from, I think, $150,000 to over $500,000 in one year. That's a massive amount of growth. So on a trip that following year to Honduras, a question came to my buddy Nye's mind, the founder of the organization. We said, you know, I'm not going to be the bachelor forever. Uh, I can't be. I don't want to be. Uh, and when our fundraising or our platform now kind of fades, where's human, humanity and hope going to be? Uh, if we're a strategic planning organization, then we need a strategic fundraising model. And so we started putting our, our minds together. And we came up with this idea that we could start a for-profit company. We could find people, men and women, who were in the financial position of life to sign on to this, they could help us found this. And we could launch a company that was for profit, but donated 100% of the profits to nonprofits and social causes around the world that are fighting human facing injustice. And so the owners have all, we've all signed off and said that we cannot make any profit personally from the value of the company or from the sale of a product, that we cannot make anything from that. Everything's being donated back. And so we're a coffee company, You can find us at generouscoffee.com. We sell all online. Uh, We have a couple coffee, well, one coffee shop. COVID took one of ours away, Uh, but we're mostly online business. And the whole idea is that we can sell coffee and t-shirts and bracelets and mugs and then donate back and help these nonprofits continue to fundraise for their longevity
0: wow i love that i absolutely you know it's always reminds me of you know whether it's the bombus buy one give one yeah. sax cloth, and ashes our friend bob who has buy a blanket wrap a home someone who's experiencing homeless and a child in foster care with a blanket i absolutely love this idea so they can go to the generous is and and be able to look at your swag and also you know yeah. purchase I'm, I'm definitely going on to purchase some coffee i drink a enough of it all day long so you know um so how do you choose those nonprofits
1: a good question yeah it's generous coffee or generous movement both urls will go there the best way to help too is just buy buy our product right we have a great team we do have an ambassador program but the best way right now is covid hurt us so it'd be to buy some product um you know we choose nonprofits we have a, we have to simplify it uh we have to find we we are a human focused organization so there's a lot of great causes out there. I love animals. I love the environment. I don't want that to go miss. Um, but our lane and uh, what we feel like God has called us to is to care about people and love on people well. And so that's our lane. That's our focus. So they have to be a human-focused nonprofit or social cause. They have to be effective in their mission. So when they, when they tell us their mission, they have to be showing that they're doing it, like that they've, they've proven it out. You know, I, I love a good startup. But when we invest this, this money, we have to invest in organizations that are already out there doing the work that have built a foundation. That's kind of our lane as well. They have to be efficient. So we ask to see their financials. They have to be proven they're efficient with their funds. So uh, if we give them you know, $5,000, where is that $5,000 going? Uh, honestly, uh, my dream would be that Generous can fund the, the pens and the paper and the salaries of the employees because those are the hardest things to fundraise for. Uh, those are hard campaigns to start. up. I would love that. I have no problem with that, but we have to make sure that those are being efficient. Uh, The organizations are being efficient and then they have to be sustainable. So uh, we, you know, I worked for years with a disaster relief organization and and that's, it's a fantastic deal. You go into places that have been hit hard by natural uh, disasters or um, by civil war and you give out aid. Uh, But one of the things that Generous wants to do is we want to focus on the sustainability factor. So if you're in sex trafficking, Uh, you know, we not only want to see you being rescued, but also being rehabilitated and being supported as you walk back into society. Uh, We, you know, if it's community development, we want to see these communities be passed back off to the community leaders long term, you could take 20 years. But the plan is, hey, at some point, let's push this off. So it's sustainable and that they can take this on their own. Those are the organizations. So that's how we choose.
0: Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, when when Reese and I started Comfort Cases eight years ago, we literally started in the conference room. I'm a banker by trade. And so um, I was sitting in my conference room and probably very much like you. I just felt like I had to do more. Um, You know, it was really nice earning the paycheck. And, you know, I was an executive traveling everywhere, but I had to do more. And so when we started Comfort Cases, we really wanted to make sure that we were impacting our community. That was so important for us. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make sure that we made change within our foster care system. I mean, when we hear the statistics where only 54% of kids in foster care actually graduate from high school, we knew we had failed. And the only thing I kept thinking back to Ben was the trash bag that I carried as a little boy, the trash bag that all five of my children arrived carrying. And Mm -hmm. I thought, how could we as a country to be so caring that we do not think about as something as simple as giving a giving a child a new case instead of a a trash bag. And Mm -hmm. so this idea popped up in my head. I remember getting some members of my church together and some of my senior team, and I proceeded to tell them the story of, you know, my story of a kid with a trash bag, you know, being homeless and and my five children. And then we started putting cases together, you know, just brand new pajamas, toothbrush, Mm -hmm. shampoo, lotion, a book, a blanket, um, just the basics of a child who deserves something on their very first night. And and Ben, I have to toot my horn a little bit here, my friend, but yeah. um, we've Amazing. delivered almost 150,000 hmm. cases to all 50 states, DC and Puerto Rico. And you want to talk about looking at someone's 990, up yeah. until two years ago, we were 100% volunteer that's insane. 100% volunteer. And yeah. and this year because of the growth and even with COVID we've had such a growth. I mean, we took this little tiny, you know, conference room idea and turned this into a movement. And you know, this year alone another 25 thousand cases will walk out our door, but we're still 96% volunteer ran, because mm-hmm. I am very much the type of person who believes that when you have an organization, when you have a org, a foundation, a charity, your main mission is to make sure that the money that you bring in goes to the mission. But I love what you said about trying to fundraise, because as you know, you have to have staff. hmm you know, you have yeah. to have staff and that's what we've started to do. So we're using about four or 5% for that staff, you know, yeah.
1: it, 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 you got to get some people out there getting paid, but uh, it's incredible. Your story is really awesome because one of the things that identifies to me too is uh, you start in a conference room, you, your heart's being, you know, fluttering or being torn apart, or you have this passion that's coming up inside of you and you choose to take action. And then look what that action has done. What if you would have chosen to say, you know what, not right now, right? Next year. Or, hey, maybe I'm not capable. Maybe I'm not suitable. Maybe, maybe not me. Maybe, maybe somebody else. And no, you said no. Yes, me. And I think it's one of the coolest things because sometimes in my life, it gets, I get this, you know, hey, you were the bachelor. You have a million and a half followers. And that's great. It is a huge benefit and blessing to me. It's been incredible. I would not want it any other way. But the thing that that diminishes is for anybody listening or hearing me talk is to say, well, you can do it too. Because ultimately, if you take away the followers and you take away my time on the show, we're we're all the same. We still are the same. I just maybe have a social media following. But all of us have this huge ability to make a massive impact. And I think that's the coolest part is that's one of the things I want to do is just encourage all of us to get out there and take action on some of the stuff that really fires us up. Because, hey, in a few years, you could be talking about 150,000 things being delivered. That's incredible and should be celebrated.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. And the fact that what you just said, you know, um, you talked about this in the first segment about pain. And, you know, I truly believe that each and every one of us should take our pain and make it into purpose mm. um, and making it into purpose because we as humans are doers, each and every one of us. Well, Ben, I will have to tell you, um, again, I am so lucky that I get to interview you. I'm also lucky the fact that we have such so many mutual friends. So. Yeah. I know our path is going to cross again, and I you know, so. for all of our listeners, our followers, you know, do me a big favor, please go to Generous Coffee, um, purchase. You know, I mean, we're at a time as we all know, COVID has really, really hurt so many people, mm-hmm. and the fact that this is an organization that is not lining their pockets, but they're actually trying to lift other people up. So every time you buy one of those those T shirts, the coffee. I'm going to be purchasing them today. Um, it really is going to go a long way. And I know each and every one of us as humans. We want to be good humans. And we want to make sure that our dollar stretches. Again, you want a great book, Alone in Plain Sight, it is going to be the book of the summer. It is your beach-going book. It will lift you up. And it truly will make you feel and something. And I didn't say this to you, Ben, in the very beginning, but you know, I've gone through that stage in my life and, you know, I've had cameras in my face where, you know, I've talked about my depression and, and, and so many times that I feel alone. And, and, and when your book was given to me the other day um, and I was reading excerpts of it, um, it was during a time of my week that I was feeling kind of alone and I was able to brush that off. So thank you, thank you so much, you know. Um, you know so Ben, we're gonna wrap this up. Any last words you'd like to tell everybody?
1: Well, you know, this is great. Uh, I, I would love for our paths to cross. And I'm glad they're crossing virtually uh, kind of underneath the umbrella of not only what you're up to and what I'm up to and what the team's up to, but also what, you know, Orphan Myth is up to. And I think it's such a really in, important time for us just to start paying attention to the, the hurts around us with a lot of people hurting. We're about yeah. to be, you know, give it X amount of months, a year. We're going to be able to be back out in person and um, dealing with some of these things head on. I just thanks for having me. And, and yeah, I'd love for people to go out and buy the book. That's a big deal. Review it. As you, know, you said, share it. Uh, that's what I found out in the book world is so massive. And then also go to Generous Coffee and, and purchase. But most importantly, just thanks for having me. Thanks for the conversation. It's meant a lot.
0: Ben it's been great. so listen everybody. Um, do exactly what Ben just said. you know make sure you leave a review. I know as an author, you know I wrote my book for two reasons. number one, want you to love it in your mind. Number two, I want you to love it in your heart. but the most flattering thing you could ever do for a book is pass it on. Pass mm-hmm. it on you know, there's no such thing as a used book. It's only a book that's been loved. And we need you to love this book. So please make sure you write a review. Make sure you go to generous coffee, make sure you purchase coffee swag, let's support each other. Because as Ben said, we're going to be past this in the next several months. But let's not forget where we were. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's not forget where we were because we have a long way to go. Once again, Please make sure you share our podcast. We cannot thank you enough for listening to Fostering Change. And each and every day we must understand we all have an opportunity and that's to be part of the change. Thank you and have a great day. I would like to thank all of you for listening to the Fostering Change podcast. You can subscribe on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you follow Comfort Cases on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter at Comfort Cases. Check out the Fostering Change blog at comfortcases.org. And I know some of you have a question, and I know some of you would love to be a guest. Please, personally reach out to me at fosteringchange. At comfortcases.org. That's fostering change at comfortcases.org. Then do me a big favor please help spread the word. Share this podcast, share it with your friends and your family. Remember, I say this quite often we're all part of the same community. And that community, it's not our zip code, but our human race. Let's all make a difference.